All right. Good evening. Uh, good to see everybody at the late hour this week. Uh, welcome to episode 176 of the Fantasy Timeline. I'll be your host again tonight, Drew at dr underscore pra, joined by Bill at SuperDupaFlex tonight. Bill, how you feeling? Yeah, man. Uh, late night, huh? Um, so uh, glad we could make it on. Um, you know, it's a, a big week for a lot of people. First week of the playoffs uh, for yeah. most leagues, and um, yeah, some leagues we, you know, if you, you're lucky enough to get a buy, then. You know, you get to sit back and relax, hope some of your injured players get better and, um, you know, not sweat it. But, um, you know, for the us uh, peasants, the, a lot of them that uh, didn't get the buy, uh, you know, we got some stuff yeah. to worry about this week. How many how many buys did you get out of your 14 teams or whatever that are making the playoffs? Yeah, so I ended up with 13 out of the 17 make the playoffs. Uh, one I missed out on by, like, a handful of points. Um, yeah. So five of my 13 um, have buys um, or are one or two seeds. Yeah. Nice. And, um, so the other eight uh, have some matchups this week and uh, yeah, uh, that's nice. I mean, I don't have to, I know I have at least five teams in the uh, semifinals, so yeah. that's, that's a positive thing, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I think I've only got maybe uh, two or three buys total out of my uh, nine or ten teams that made it here. So okay, uh, definitely feels good to be able to just kind of let whatever's going to happen happen there, and then hone in and see. I, I kind of uh, I slept on waivers this week. So um, was there anybody that you were really gunning for this week to try to add depth or to try playing and kind of keep away in any of your matchups? No, I. I didn't, I, I'm kind of the same. Like I've, I, I didn't really have a lot of time to dig in, especially again in my matchups and things like that. I, um, I just didn't have time to really do a, a deep dive to see like what my opponents needed and things like that. So, um, I mean, I know a lot, I saw a lot of people paying up for, uh, Easton stick. Um, mm -hmm. and then I got them in one league where nobody even put a claim in, um, like after nice. the waivers. So yeah, like, I mean, there wasn't really anybody I felt like I needed to really go after. I mean, I'm usually pretty good with my depth at quarterback. Um, I mean, maybe uh, Demarcus Robinson's one that if I just want to add somebody that maybe could uh, have a big game if I needed him to, um, you know, Stafford being his quarterback. But I don't see me ever playing him either. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, it, it's – Really, this week has been more for me uh, about trying to maybe add like four of my leagues have trade deadlines out of the 17. Mm. Okay. Um, so, or FFPC already had theirs. So, there, there's like one that, um, you know, I, I couldn't do anything about, but the other, then four more were um, deadline tonight. So, um, yeah, I just tried to make a few additions. Uh, for a little bit of depth in a position if I felt like I was lacking. Um, like one league, I only had Etienne and Henry, and then like P. Ryan was my third running back. And I tried nice. to make a trade for uh, like Camara uh, from a team who wasn't in the playoffs, but they never responded to my offer. Um, so what are you going to do? And um, I added McKinnon for like Schoonmaker. Um, okay. Just in case he ends up, you know, doing a Jarek McKinnon thing again uh, where he ends yeah. up being the guy at the end of the season. So nice. 
Yeah. Uh, this is always uh, an interesting week for me. I, I kind of get in my head here a little bit, kind of like week one of the regular season. Do you go back to a, like, just start your studs, no matter how they've been performing recently, or are you digging into the matchups a little bit more at this point and trying to think through the last two, three, four weeks for, uh, you know, a little bit of um, sample size for what to expect? I mean, like, this is, you know, that's not my thing, uh, being able to, uh, um, like, overly correct based on, like, I, I'm pretty much, like, looking at it and then I look at like projections and things like that and kind of see like how close I am. And if there's anything way out of whack compared to what my thoughts were, um, it's like, I'll take into matchup matchups into account a little bit. And, um, but yeah, I'm usually pretty much starting my best players, um, unless there's some crazy like situation change or something like that, that I have to overweight somebody's situation. But yeah, I'm usually yeah. a start start your studs kind of guy. I think. Yeah, I think that's how I typically lean as well. Uh, I, I I'm similar. I think I'll look at the projections. I'll look at the matchups and see. And if if I'm a lower seed and it looks like I'm projected to lose by a lot, then you know I might throw a hail mary in there and see if there's a guy that I feel like um, you know, especially if you picked him off waivers last week, you know, picked him up for a reason. Probably if he wasn't depth, then uh, go ahead and see if he can he can go in there. And then you know you're looking at guys. Um, like the Chargers, you know, where you're probably still starting Eckler no matter what, you know, even without Herbert there. Um, but anybody else, like, does that affect, you know, Keenan Allen for you at all? Or Well, I think he's out this week. Um, oh, is he out already anyway? I believe okay. so. I think I saw that today. Um, or it's at least reported that he's likely out. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that it's got to be something that you, you know, take into account. It's kind of like Devontae you know, with O'Connell and um, you're probably still starting them because like there's who else do you start over a stud, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, you just got to hope that, you know, we see it all the time where a wide receiver overcomes a bad quarterback. So um, I think usually I'm going to lean towards those guys. Um, Cause if you start like, if you have like Keenan, let's say he was playing this week or you you're like it's him or like Gabe Davis or you know somebody like that like and Gabe Davis gets your O for two targets and uh like Keenan Allen's gonna get his regardless even if it's only gonna get you 10 PPR points or something you know like mm-hmm. you know you're gonna at least have that floor typically for somebody like that because they're gonna get so many targets um even if they're not good targets so Oh, here's a good one for matchups uh, and involves uh, both of our teams in, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so Jerry Hagshaw is putting up here. I'm in a close matchup, but thinking about starting Russ versus Detroit over Dak versus Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, I think I'm starting Dak against Buffalo. I understand some Buffalo. Um, and I understand the matchups a little better um, for Russ. But Russ, their goal is to keep him conservative, in my opinion. Like, I don't think they want him to cook. (laughs) So, um, although the Detroit's defense is suspect in particular areas, like their second cornerback, um, and that's who everybody's torching right now. um, Like, I I just don't think that – I don't think that, like, the difference between – you know, the going up against Detroit's defense 
overcomes how good Dak is um, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buffalo's defense isn't necessarily that great. Um, so uh, I think I got to stick with the uh, potential MVP. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Uh, as much as I would like to think that Buffalo is going to hold the Cowboys to 20 points or less, that's not very likely. Um, so unless you just have some some sort of ridiculous weather condition that, you know. There's yeah, that would be the one thing. Crazy blizzard. There's a ton of rain or a ton of, I mean, yeah. a ton of wind. Because um, usually that's the big thing, right? Like if there's going to be yeah. wind over 15 miles an hour, that's when you have to start worrying about uh, the quarterback play a little bit. And um, it's not like Dak necessarily has a huge arm. So, um, yeah, that would be when I would just pay attention to that, I guess. Um, then yeah. that would be, if that were the case, then I would start to kind of think maybe about Russ. Um, Let me open up. Uh, I don't know if you know offhand. I know we don't do a whole lot of uh, other gambling or betting typically, but I, I'll also follow the points in the game too, right? So I've got to think that total the, points, the line yeah. for, yeah, total points for the Cowboys-Bills game is a decent bit higher than what I expect for Broncos-Lions. So. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find uh, along the ESPN here real quick and just see if they throw that out there. So Broncos, yeah, Broncos, Lions. Um, let's see, Detroit's favored by four, and well, almost forty-seven and a half is the line there, uh, which okay. is higher th- than I would have expected. And the Cowboys Bills is fifty and a half. So three-point difference in the in the line there and who's uh what's the who's what's dallas favored by i'm i'm hurt that you assume that dallas is favored on the road bill um but it's uh <laughs> since you ask uh they are favored by oh no it's actually uh it's crazy so espn the app here it says buffalo is favored by two and a half however then you open up the app and look at their little circle graph of the matchup predictor and it has the cowboys at 50.3 percent odds to win oh yeah that's because that's so that the spread is two and a half for buffalo so okay um so oh, yeah they, i mean so the dallas expected points is is higher they're expected to score okay, 24 gotcha. um 27 so like, like 27 like 22 or 21 and a half for uh denver um so, yeah, I think I, I go Dak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's also – I mean, Cortland Sutton has been better than I think what I expected this year, but there's not a whole lot more there. You got C.D. Lamb. You've got uh, – Ferguson is doing well in, in matchups, and you've got Brandon Cooks that's very serviceable. Um, you know, certainly Pollard can catch and run a little bit still. So, yeah, I, I feel pretty strongly about Dak over Russ this week. Let's see here. Um, I think we had uh, we had a couple of other. Oh, here we go. George play. Oh, one. What do we got here? Should I drop Charbonnet or Dowdle for Chase Brown on PPR? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think. I like the fact that Chase Brown's getting more touches um, the last couple games. I mean, it's kind of ramped up a little bit where I think he was at like 30% um, uh, snap share. Maybe it was this, this week. Um, I, 
I don't know. I mean, he's exciting. He's like kind of the one of those guys that's like maybe uh, like Keaton Mitchell or, uh, you know, a speedster guy that can maybe bust one. So, I mean, I don't hate it. Like Dowdle is what he is. He's not going to be an explosive yeah. guy. Um, so I would, if between Charbonnet and Dowdle, I would do that. I, I'm fine cutting Dowdle for Chase Brown. Yeah, I like that. I think I would agree. I think I would want to hang on to Charbonnet if I could. Um, yeah, I would be fine with that. Uh, Non-PPR doesn't really make a difference for me between uh, those guys. So if you like the the big play, I think that's what a lot of people are looking at, that highlight from last week. So, And I wouldn't mind that because if you're in the playoffs and you – like you said, there's that time where you're going up against somebody where you're a big underdog. Chase Brown might be a guy that you throw in there because he mm-hmm. can bust one and um, get you a bunch of points in one play. Um, I don't necessarily think you're going to see that out of Dowdle too often. No, that would be volume, right? And then also for the flex and non-PPR Waddle, Warren Keaton, who you just mentioned, or Ty Chandler. So uh, one of these. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm a Waddle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not PPR, but like Ty Chandler. I mean, I don't know if they're, how much they're going to run it. <laughs> I mean, they might throw the ball 80% of the yeah. game. Uh, Keaton's interesting, but um, yeah. I mean, it waddle, waddle by a decent amount for me. Yeah. I, I think you listed them in the order that I would suggest them. So. Yeah, unless you're here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any unless. I think it's just Waddle. Yeah. Even without the PPR. Yeah. Cool. Good questions. Like those. Okay. Another one for Jerry here. Jerome Ford versus the Bears or Sutton versus Detroit? So, Ford, did they come out with, like, to talk about what his injury was? Because um, I know, like, there, there was something with his arm. Um, and so, I mean, he might not have to decide, like, if he's not going to play. Um, True. But, I mean, Sutton could torch the Lions. Um, but I wonder if they'll put uh, um, Cam Sutton on him. Um, so, if they do that, I mean, it's not it's not a great matchup for, for Cortland. Um, but if they can get him on Jerry Jacobs, uh, Ford was limited today. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but if all things, if he is healthy, eh, I mean, it seems like Ford's getting his, you know, it seems like every week he's getting like enough to be usable. Um, but Sutton is to uh, Sutton's getting those touchdowns and um, it seems like he's definitely a guy that, um, that, uh, Russ feels comfortable throwing to like, you can't say that about Jerry Judy. Um, so, uh, I'm proud. I probably go Jerome Ford if he's healthy, but it, it's close. And I mean, I honestly, I'm not the guy I'm so bad with uh, lineup <laughs> decisions. Well, this is funny. Cause you're, you're typically, uh, you know, you build your teams with wide receivers cause you want those, those options there. And just looking at, uh, points per game right now, you know, Judy's or not Judy, Sutton is averaging ab- about three points more per game than Ford is. So uh, I, I, I would take the Sutton side. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's with me not looking and knowing like what 
what their averages are. Um, yeah, I yeah. Mean, with that being the case, Ford has yeah, the I biggest think it game. Pretty easy. Yeah, Ford's got the biggest game between the two. He topped out at about twenty-three points for his best game this season. But Judy is, you know, he's got I think two games this whole season under double digits, and the rest of them. He's gotten close to 20 a couple times. The last couple weeks has been 15, 16 points. So uh, I feel enough. pretty comfortable. And he's making he's great catches. Like, I mean, it's not like he's just – it's not like he's just getting lucky. Like, I mean, he's yeah. he's playing well. And, um, you know, so, yeah, that's fine. I think you're correct in going with Sutton. So what else? Uh are you doing anything um, with your playoff teams, like for Dynasty? Um, like, are you going to looking to make trades before, or are you kind of like going, well, let's see what happens, and maybe I'll get yeah. aggressive if they make it to the semifinals, or like, is yeah, just a couple a case of teams, by case? a couple of the teams that are I'm on the bottom half of the bracket. Um, you know, I've had a lot of offers actually from some non-playoff teams trying to add players to my roster this week. And um, I, I just haven't seen anything compelling enough where I feel like it's going to be enough to change the the outcome or change my odds for the outcome yeah. to be in my favor enough. You know, I think two weeks ago uh, I asked you and Josh as we were approaching uh, playoffs about an option to, to get Kyron Williams, um, but I would have to give up a good bit to get there. And, you know, yeah. Fortunately for a couple of those, those weeks, you know, he wouldn't have made the difference for me. So I didn't feel too bad about leaving him there, but, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think that that's really very, very much like the battle that you have. Cause sometimes you just feel like, well, I'm going to add this guy because he could help me. And I think a lot of times it doesn't matter. Like, even if you add the player, mm-hmm. like how many times does that particular player win you, uh, a week you wouldn't have won or, you know, right. Whether you did it or didn't. And, um, so like I, I can understand like going out and trading for like Tyree kill or somebody like that, yeah. who's like a huge point addition versus who you have starting now. Um, I actually did add Kyron in a 16 team league, um, yesterday. That's um, what you pay. Um, I paid my first, um, okay. I'm the two seed. Um, and in that league, there's eight, um, eight teams make the playoffs. So there's no buys. Nice. Um, nice. so even if I lose this round, um, I'm the 12th, likely the 12th pick. Yeah. So giving up the one, well, I guess if the one seed lost also, um, I would be the 111. So that'd be the lowest that I am. So giving up the 111 for Kyron and a 16 teamer, um, Kyron, I think, will be in a similar situation next year. Um, so I'm okay ma- making that. And it could, if I win next or this week, then 114 is the latest, you know? And yeah. so then I'm paying an early second for him. And yeah, um, that feels great. Yeah. So I feel like that's a pretty good price for, for him. Um, and like I'm, I'm starting Dak and Mostert. Or not Dak, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Mostert in that league. So mm. it kind of just shows you like where my running back room is. Yeah, hopefully you started uh, Zeke last week, right? You had to probably. So I, I traded for him before last week. Um, I gave nice. up a third and Teddy Bridgewater for him. <laughs> oh heck yeah! Yeah, 
So that that's that's the tough part, right? You get enough of those where okay, you make the little move, you start the guy, and then all of a sudden, twenty five points later, you think you know how to do this every week on every team that you've got. Yeah, yeah. You think <laughs> you're just oh, I'll just make these little moves, and they're just going to pay off huge for me. That's just so. I mean, it it's just awesome. happened that he's in a perfect situation where there's really nobody else. Um, Ty Montgomery played. He fucked up. They cut him. Yeah. You know, like there's like zero depth on that team. So um, he's going to get it all, even if it's not going to be super efficient. So um, he's a good guy. If you play like I do, where you don't really have a running back room, like he's the perfect addition um, <laughs> just to get you through a few weeks, you know? Yeah. Even yeah, if he only gets you 10 point. or 12 this week, like it's still better than probably what I'd get otherwise. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I may need to go and uh, do a little shopping for Zeke here. Uh, that that might be one of those. I mean, because what do you think you have to give up at this point? A second at the at the most. I think that would be probably la- you, that you're overpaying with a second. I think. Okay. Um, I think you could maybe do a, a, a three and Zeke for a two. Okay. You know, um, I think that the person would be happy doing that. I mean, I think a third plus for Zeke is third and fourth, maybe. Um, yeah, I think you can get that from a non-playoff team because what the what are they going to do with Zeke? Yeah, you know. Let's try a single third and see what happens here. Yeah, I think like I think that's kind of probably. I'm going to check to see like what some uh, some recent ones trades have been. Yeah. Um. Zeke for a third. Um, Zeke for two thirds. Uh, Zeke for Jalen Warren. Uh, Zeke for a fourth. Uh, wow. Zeke for a three, four, and four. And these are all like within the last few days? These are all today. Wow. Uh, Zeke for a third. Uh, Zeke for a third. Two thirds. A 25 third. Uh, Zeke for Brevin Jordan and a fourth. It just seems like Zeke and a third is about the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can get on board with that. So him, like Jarek McKinnon, um, for cheap running backs that could pay off. But Zeke's already in the position, you know. Like he, I, yeah, I prefer yeah. Zeke over McKinnon. Um, yeah, he might be somebody I need to also look into adding on a few other teams just to yeah, even if it's just to have depth. Um, peace of mind kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not having to go to the waiver wire and just plug somebody who's on a roster. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like who else is a cheap ad that could get you that much bang for your buck. And I I just just don't know who it would be. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, um, you know, for the last few years, you're always looking at like a Brandon cooks at the end of the season. Um, I think of who else. I mean, you can still get Mostert for probably two, uh, like a second. Um, yeah. And he would be a good buy also right now, um, especially because HN apparently dinged his toe now. So, I mean, is that a turf toe? If it's a turf toe, that's trouble. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I mean, Mostert's just still plugging along, getting you two touchdowns a week. And, um <laughs> 
So paying a second for him could be good money. You know what I mean? Good money spent. Yeah. Um, I'm looking up to see like what Zach Moss has been going for. Third round. That's that's kind of Nick Chubb, Roshan Johnson. I mean, he's still getting all the touches. I mean, he just didn't score, but if he scores, yeah. he's in pretty good shape. Um, yeah. So he's somebody else, like you know, because you're not gonna be able to buy every one of these players that I'm I'm talking about. Yeah, so, but maybe one point. of these is available, you know. And yeah. Um. So if you could get Moss for a third, I would still pay that. Um. I think Moster's definitely the guy I would want, and I'd be willing to pay up to get Moster over Moss. Um, but I think based on price, I would go Zeke. Moster Moss in that order. Is that what you would do? You think? Or do you still? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if I think I could get Moster, especially for like my second, if I'm contending, and I think it's going to be you know the twentieth pick or later. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he certainly has the most upside. I think. Yeah, uh, consistent from any of those upside, guys. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the the. I think that would be the best blend of being, you know, a little bit more aggressive, but also raising your, your opportunity to, to pay off big. Yeah. He's on Zeke. Yeah. I have him on six of my 17 teams. Yeah. And probably on almost every playoff team, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have him on any of my non-playoff. And then yeah, I traded so. him away if I did. Cause I, okay. yeah. Um, Trying to think if there's any wide receivers that are like good buys right now. You might be able to roll the dice on Noah Brown. Um, yeah, but he's dinged up himself, and um, now Stroud might not play. Um, and that's crazy. And the, like all these quarterbacks, it's like, yeah, you know, I have Herbert on three teams, and it's like, yeah. I asked in one league like what it would take to get Stroud, and um just to see like i know stroud might not play this week but like i kind of like stroud anyway you know and mm -hmm. so i was like and he told me i would he would give me amari and i would he would want t higgins that would be the difference between stroud and and herbert herbert so mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i can't do that i feel like that's a hefty um it is hefty uh, it is ask so it is uh yeah so i mean what what do you think uh what's mike evans going for at this point at his age this late in the season yeah that's a good question um i have to imagine he's what like maybe uh, two seconds maybe or yeah it's gotta be a, a second plus so whether yeah. it's two seconds um Mike Evans for Kendra Miller in a second. Uh, Mike Evans and Zeke for Kenneth Walker. Oof. Uh, yeah. Mike Evans and James Conner for a first. Uh, Mike uh, Mike Evans for Christian Kirk and Tommy DeVito. Interesting. Uh, Mike Evans and Jake Browning for two seconds. Okay. I'd be fine mm -hmm. with that. Evans for two seconds. Okay. 
Yeah, so kind of in that range. He's he's a little pricier than I was thinking. Then maybe I was thinking he'd be like a second plus a. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe one of the guys we talked about last week, like uh, second. Would you do second and Josh Downs for him, or would you rather just keep Josh Downs and see if he gets a couple big plays in the playoffs for you? Yeah, I mean, last week kind of throws a wrench into it because Mike Evans really didn't do much, and Godwin got it. Yeah. You know. So it's like, um, right after we of, talked about it, that uh, recency bias in your brain, you know, it's yeah. like hard to pull the trigger on, on Mike yeah. Evans. Um, after what about uh, a guy like uh, Tyler Lockett at this point? Yeah, he could be interesting, and I can't imagine he would be too pricey either. Um, like, I feel like, um, you know, this is the last hurrah for him. It's, particularly in Seattle, but yeah, um, maybe he goes to somewhere. Maybe, I mean, I could see him going to like Detroit, you know what I mean? To fill yeah. like, one of their wide receiver slots. Um, so he might still have some value. Lock it in a third for a second, I see. Um, okay. Lock it in a third for Madison in a second. Lock it for a second. Lock it in a third for a second. So lock it for a third. So I would probably give a third for him pretty easily. Yeah, I think so too. Um, what What are people giving up for? Uh, you mentioned him a moment ago, uh, Amari Cooper. Um, I, th- I have to Cooper for Zeke. Um, Interesting. Uh, Cooper for cup and a third. Like, what a difference. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's wild. Like, those are both today. Um, Najee and Amari for Zay Flowers. Amari for a second. Amari for a second. So, yeah. Yeah, he I mean, could be interesting. You're, you're telling me your second could get you either Amari or Mostert. You got to go Mostert, right? I think so. Like in a yeah. couple for a couple games, yeah. Like yeah. I'd rather just know I'm blowing that a second and never to be yeah. seeing the value again. Because either way, yeah. that's probably the case. Um, I mean, you could probably sell Amari next year for a second. I mean, he'll still probably be decent, even if you yeah. get a third. You know what I mean? Or you do a third in Amari for a second. Yeah. So Amari is probably more insulated. I mean, because you got to understand if you're getting Mostert, you're basically you know, it's yeah. like driving a car off the lot. You're on borrowed Immediate time. depreciation. You're not getting your money yeah. back. So, yeah. Um, but he's going to be, I think, the guy that, like, he's just been f- fucking amazing to just ride that dude all year long for somebody who does, like, kind of a zero RB-ish. Um, he's just been awesome. Like, <laughs> it's so fun to, like, look at my running back room, and it's, like, Mostert, Moss, and Ford, and it's just, like... <laughs> I'm happy, you know, like, yeah. um, but people are probably saying that same thing where I like to have elite quarterbacks and fucking Jake Browning and yeah, whoever else is, uh, you know, outperforming my Justin Herbert and whomever. So, um, it's been a yeah, really boy. just weird year. You know what I mean? It's like, you just have to like, kind of, avoid all these bombs that we've been dealt throughout the whole season. And um, hopefully you have the depth or you've um, 
made the moves when you had to, you know, like, yeah. 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 I think that's the, the skill part, right. Is can kind of, how do you respond and, you know, how do you build your, your team? So you are able to make moves that don't cripple you in another area to, you know, compensate for what, what you just lost. So, and, uh, and kind of be realistic of like what your team is. Cause it's like, okay, I have, I don't know, let's say, uh, um, Mark Andrews and he gets hurt and you look at your team and you're like, yeah, I don't know if my team's that great. Maybe you hold on to Mark Andrews. You don't sell him for a, uh, yeah. you know, for a discount to somebody. You just say, okay, I'm just going to ride this out and see if I can piecemeal at something with like Hunter Henry or something like that. That's way cheaper yeah. as opposed to trading him for like, um, you know, TJ Hawkinson or somebody and yeah. Um, or just whomever Kittle, you know, somebody like that. And, um, it's just kind of making the right decisions because there's, you could hurt your team even more by, you know, being overly reactive to a situation. So, but if your team's good enough, you don't want to sit back and lose weeks because you didn't do anything. So, um, you know, it's, uh, that's why you like to build depth on your team. So you, if you do have to make those moves, you can, you know, like I, I transit in one team, I flipped Andrews and Marquise Brown for Laporta. Like, yeah, I just got six years younger and um, Marquise Brown, somebody who I really like to have on my teams, but um, you know, to get six years younger and have an elite tight end, you know, I'm, I'm okay doing that. And yeah, um, it didn't hurt my wide receiver room because I have eight wide receivers I'm willing to start. So, um, yeah, in Dynasty, it's a little easier. You know, it's redraft is really just. Yeah, yeah, make some choices. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're just waivers, right? And hope for the best. Yeah, so. yeah I tried to, uh, in my, my home keeper league, I lost Richardson and Andrews this year which all things considered compared to a couple of the other guys that, that was, you know, that was mild. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got to the peak like week six, seven, I was number one seed high point score. Uh, but then the last few weeks has been a slide. So I tried to make a desperate move last week and send Richardson and Andrews to give another team two decent keeper options next year. Um, and I was going after Debo and I forgot just another quarterback that was starting because my quarterbacks have been Aiden O'Connell and <laughs> Kyler Murray. It's kind of been my combo. Um, so, and that that just didn't go anywhere either. It's like, I, how much value do I have to throw at you? But uh, the redraft is just such a different beast to try to round out the team. And, you know, yeah. everybody thinks they still have a chance up to a certain point. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, hopefully you, you've had some fun this year and hopefully you have some learns. You know, I don't know. I'm not a huge, like, reflect on each year and see there have definitely been some years where I've had a takeaway or two where it's like, yep, never doing that again. Or I watch somebody else in another league make something happen. And like, yeah, I need to adapt. I need to adopt that for my, my next season coming up. So yeah, this year just felt like, like you said before, just trying to stay alive and hang on and keep a starting roster some weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess anything from this year for you and your teams, you know, you certainly had a lot of success, you know, based on your records. So 
Um, you know, I think that probably solidified for you. Your, your typical build feels like it's a pretty good philosophy at this point. Um, but anything, any takeaways from this year that, you know, you, you're thinking about next year to try again or something you want to tweak differently for any of your teams? Yeah, I think my biggest thing is, um, well, I like to go back and look at all my trades in each league just to kind of see like how they turned out and see like mm. maybe the ones that didn't work too well for me. Like when did I do those during the season? Uh, like there was some, like pretty much every one of my running back trades early, like failed. Um, like when I traded for them pre NFL draft. And I don't know why I'm making trades for running backs pre NFL draft. Like mm. it just doesn't make sense. Like, we don't even know if their players are going to make teams. So for running backs, you know, so it's like, or who's going to get drafted to screw somebody's value yeah. and things like that. Like I traded away a CD lamb this off season and the big piece coming back to me was uh, Kenneth Walker and then yeah. they draft Charbonnet. And, you know, so that kind of like, I yeah. got, I got other pieces, but like, not only it's like a double whammy almost, you know what I mean? Cause I'm giving up an elite wide receiver who got better and then yep. I got a running back who now had competition. And um, so things like that, just kind of like looking back and kind of seeing my trends and like, I, I basically I'm telling myself, well, just don't make trades for where the big piece is running back. Um, yep. I don't really feel like I need to make a trade for a running back until the season's begun. Um, I don't need to start week one with a beautiful lineup. Um, let's see if we can make do with what we have and then we can see the roles that running backs have and maybe we can react with a little bit more information. Um, so I think that's kind of where I am. And then be aggressive. Like Kyron Williams gets a ton of touches. All right. Puka Nakua gets a ton of touches. All right. Let's be aggressive on those guys because it's not, you know, after they've done it for two weeks, like it's not out of, like it's now a trend in a way, you know, like we're seeing that yeah. these guys are getting volume and people aren't going to react quick enough value wise. So you can still get the players at a discount um, relative to what their value is going to be in a month. And, yeah. and so be aggressive early on. It might work sometimes last year I traded for Do Romeo Dobbs. He started out pretty hot. Um, maybe I slightly overpaid for him, but it was worth the risk. And then this year I did it with Puka um, and, and it paid off. So, um, you know, just being a little bit more aggressive uh, with the players early in the season. And, um, you know, you can't follow it, like the, all the hype pieces like A-Chan, you know, was a big hype piece. And then Keaton Mitchell was, and it's like, okay, yeah. well, I can't keep buying every single hype player, but those are both guys I'd be happy to have on my, uh, rosters now and um yeah I, but I, other than that i mean i don't really think i'm changing too much i kind of like how my team i build my teams um you know really a lot of depth at wide receiver an elite tight end um or at least a top six tight end um pretty good quarterbacks um yeah i don't like going in with like geno stafford and Gardner Minshew or something, you know, I want to have one of the yeah. one or two of the top guys. Um, and then running backs, I'll just figure out once the season starts. Um, yeah. How about yourself? Do you have any, anything that's kind of 
caught your mind? Yeah, I think um, definitely a couple of teams I try to get a little bit more aggressive earlier in the season. Um, and it's it's worked out with mixed reviews. Uh, and a couple of those leagues I threw picks around pretty loosely at the beginning of the year because I've, I've typically been pretty tight with my picks. You know, I, I certainly, especially my earlier ones, I want to hang on to those, right? You know, I feel like maybe I've overvalued those in the past. So I tried something new this year. You know, let me see what happens if I get rid of them. You know, can I either get them back when I want them or, you know, will I, will it pan out in a way where I won't, you know, regret it later on? And uh, the jury's out a little bit. I think in my gut, I, I would like to have gone back and probably held on a couple of those picks now. Uh, and then, like you said, just be a little bit more patient into the season, uh, especially on the running back side, and then figure that out as you need to. Um, something I was glad I did is I, I was a little bit more conservative. I had Puka on a couple teams and I, I held out, had some early offers week one, week two, um, you know, a first and, you know, a, another player, like a veteran or something. And I was able to hold out and get a little bit more once the trend solidified itself a few weeks later. Um, and uh, yeah, I think for this year, it definitely, uh, I, I need to lean more toward the wide receiver uh, and certainly tight end, you know, I've, I've always been kind of a, I'll figure tight end out cause I don't want to pay up for the elite guy. So I'll just, I'll get three or four of the, the next batch and hope I can play some matchups, but uh, I've definitely had a couple of leagues where I've benefited from having the elite guys. And it just feels nice to plug and play and then go from there. Well, I kind of feel like, um, and I was watching, I think it was, I think it was Dynasty Theory, and I think it was Mitch that mentioned where he feels like tight ends' values are actually going to drop. And I kind of agree with it, um, where because we're so used to having like three guys that have completely separated themselves from everybody else, and that's why people mm. would draft them so early. And now, because it feels like there's more depth, um, you know, some younger guys, um, but they're all getting crunched together in their points per game that it's like, do you really need to pay up for an elite tight end anymore? Uh, I mean, I think that Kelsey only averages like one or two points more than Hawkinson. And then Hawkinson's mm-hmm. like a point above Laporta, you know, and it's Kittle and, and all those guys. And um, so you might have seven or eight guys that are all within like five points where, I mean, there is years where Kelsey was well over five points over the next guy, you know? Yeah. And so – I, I think that this year people might not correct enough um, at tight end and they'll still be paying up for, for tight ends and they'll be pulling the other tight ends up towards like earlier. And I don't necessarily know that's the right move. Um, I think that like this off season, this off season might be the off season that I'm more willing if in a startup to sit back and maybe pick the last of a tier. Um, yeah. That's a little bit lower and just like, play roulette and hope, you know what I mean? Like, or, and let's see what happens and um, add other positions. Okay. We'll keep that in mind. Yeah. So, I mean, like it, it's fun to get those good young guys, but like, do you really feel that different getting like um, in Joku versus, you know, like Kincaid, like, or Ingram, you know, or like, yeah, you're still getting the points. They might, it's not as sexy. It's not as fun because you're not getting that young stud, but you're, you might be getting very similar points. And yeah, 
I kind of want to now. I want to go into like Superflex. You go look and see. <laughs> see like kind of what the points are. Um, yeah, I mean, while Njoku's been on on a roll the last five weeks or so, uh, Engram I think has spiked, kind of had some of the the peaks and valleys this season. But yeah, I think yeah per game. So this is one point five PPR uh, for the tight ends, but Kelsey's nineteen point eight, Hawkinson's eighteen point four, Ingram and Laporta are like sixteen. Andrews 15.7, Kittle 15.1. So, like, you have six guys all within a few points of each other for the top. And then you have uh, Komet is seven. Uh, he's at 13.5. And then you go all the way to Logan Thomas at 16 is at 10.5. So, like, it's not, you know, you're still getting, you're getting a lot of guys averaging 10 points or more. Um, yeah. and if you can get an elite player at a different position that can separate themselves, you know, compared to their peers, um, it might be better to add, um, you know, like one of those players over an elite tight end, but be good something to consider at least, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So tight ends uh tight ends and running backs are like you can almost like let those go and just hit quarterback and wide receiver early maybe i don't know yeah but wide receivers are also becoming like a dime a dozen as well unless you get one of the elite guys right yeah and even those tiers right i mean if we go through our top eight to ten right you're looking at your chase jefferson lamb uh well probably amon is up there somewhere yeah um, so if that's your top four, Tyreek is up there in points. Yeah. Lamb, AJ Brown, yep, Amon AJ Ra, Brown. Jefferson, Chase. So maybe, top five. Maybe, yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And then you probably go to the old guys like Tyreek, yeah. Diggs, players like that. Um, Devo's yeah. moving up there. Puka. Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty like a pretty easy like just yeah step, step down. down. There's not right. like a huge drop from like one you know tier to yeah. the next. It's almost like linear in a way. Um, but if you could if you could walk out of a draft having you know Amon Ra and Puka, and then still snag like you said an Evan Ingram later on. As opposed to like a Mark Andrews and yep. and one of those guys, and yep. then and then you know even have Waddle to grab somebody or like or Calvin like Ridley that. or T Higgins yeah. or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh it's all a give and take, I guess. Um, but um, and I think that there's going to be there's all every year there's some players who people will overvalue because they had a really good one year but then they're not they don't take into account like the situations changing or um you know maybe uh um like whether there's gonna be coaches leaving or they're there and it's just a one year they were hot like or it was really good fantasy football but not really good actual football a la Jameis. um like he was a guy everybody wanted until they didn't you know (laughs) like yeah. It was just like, oh, 30 interceptions? Okay, um, now he's pretty much worthless. Um, 
but he was amazing when he was starting for you. Um, yeah. So now I kind of awesome feel like, like is there some quarterbacks like that right now? Um, like is Howell that? Um, yeah. Like, like he's put up crazy points, but is he a guy that sounds like uh, Rivera is not coming back? Um, at least on something I read today where they're kind of like, mm-hmm. um, you know, are they going to make a big change or are they going to say, well, let's just roll with this guy because he's at least serviceable and we pay him nothing because he's a fifth rounder. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be, he's probably my biggest question mark of, of what to do. I don't know. What about Ritter? Uh, I, I would rather have Howell over Ritter yeah, pretty easily. I agree. Um, I mean, Ritter, I would definitely take as like, not, whatever the, whatever the term is, that's slightly better than a throw in. Like Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones, you at least assume he's got a little bit of job Broke. security. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. With how, how significantly, uh, you know, tied to their, to his contract they are. Um, so I'm sorry. Like it just popped in my head. No, like um, Justin Fields, like, are you like in a, if you're doing a startup in February. Yep. Is he somebody you want to take because you feel like there's going to be a discount because there's going to be a lot of unknown with him? Um, or is he somebody you avoid because of the unknown? Uh, no, I think he's somebody that I would take. Um, the question is where I, depending on how the team is forming, you know, I would be open to taking him as my QB two. I would love to have him as you know my QB three if, if I felt good about the rest of the build, but uh, or if I was, you know, if it was, yeah, I would love to have him as a QB three and then be able to move him if he does really well. And then round out if I felt weaker in another position. Um, but if I feel like I'm drafting well in the other areas, like we're talking about, if we have a stud QB one able to get some value at wide receiver and, you know, if he's kind of that, he's sitting there as the top of the tier or the top of the next, you know, end of his tier and going to be significantly better than what's left for QB two. I'm with you as far as I don't want to really rotate quarterbacks through the QB two if I don't have to. I, I would prefer to be able to, you know, I don't mind variability in my QB two, but I want to feel good about their potential. So, yeah, I, I would be somebody that would take him in a startup um, more often than not. I think I would too, um, and I think it really depends on my my other quarterbacks because, like, if I had Dak or something, I'd be happy to have Justin Fields as my second mm-hmm. because. Dak's a consistent, or like Brock Purdy or somebody like that, you know, somebody that's going to be consistent, but not necessarily dynamic. Um, yep. And then you, you pick fields like later who could actually end up being your QB one. Um, yep. You know, if things go right and, but at a lower cost and, um, you know, it's kind of like Jalen Hurts right before he blew up uh, last year. Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, I agree. Um, like, if I had like uh, or a Burrow, like let's say you got Burrow in the first round, and then yeah, uh, it kind of you got to the third, you pick a wide receiver or something, like I'm on round the second round or something, and then the third round gets to you, you take Fields, and then maybe later on you even take like Howell, um, you know what I mean? That's your three quarterbacks. You have two guys with upside, um, plus Burrow being an elite quarterback. Um, you might end up having two elite quarterbacks and another great backup um yeah or if one of the two work out you're fine you know and if one bus uh and the other one uh kind of 
takes a little bit of a step, you're still in great position. Um, that's kind of an interesting build to me. Um, yeah. You have that one guy who's like a stalwart that you don't have to worry about. And then. Yeah. Just that's the ideal. Him. Yeah. That's the idea. But that, I think that's where it's like, if you're to go through, I think we did this a few weeks ago, right? Like going through our top eight quarterbacks, like depending on where we are in the draft, let's say we're picking in at seven or eight or something like that kind of middle where if we're doing a 14 team or we're in the middle of each round, you know, you got to assume the first seven picks are going to be quarterbacks. And yeah. by the time you get to seven or eight, then yeah, you, you very well might be at a DAC. Um, you might be at a Burrow at a discount, or you could also be at an Anthony Richardson who, you know, maybe does have some of the, the upside. Yeah. And I'd be and fine then, like going like rolling the dice on Richardson early. And then you go with like, you go with a Purdy maybe next, yeah. and then you go with like a Kirk Cousins or yeah. something like that, you know? Um, yeah, I like that. Like that's an interesting build too, because you have the two steady guys, you have two young guys, you, you know, like, yeah, that's a fun way too. So like, I, that's the way, like things you got to think about when you're doing a startup, just kind of the um, different types of quarterbacks. Cause you don't want three all yeah. upside guys, right? Like, do you yeah. really want to take like a like let's say the draft picks are in there? Do you want really want to take the guy that's going to end up with Drake May, you know that that pick to pick Drake May plus um, Fields and Howell? Like you don't know what you have, right? Like it's yeah. three guys that could be zero in a year, and uh, <laughs> unlikely it'll be zero. But like yeah. We don't know what a rookie quarterback's going to be. Maybe he's uh, Rosen, you know? Like, yeah, or Bryce Young. Yeah, or Bryce Young, exactly. Like, we're – and Fields, I think, will be fine, but I don't – he could end up being just a guy that, you know, you're not super pumped to start. Yeah. But yeah, it's not looking like that's going to be the case anymore. No, I think I think he'll be, he'll be usable enough, especially for fantasy. Um, and ideally, you know, if, if he cleans up a few, it really a couple things, right? I guess he holds on to the ball a little too long. Um, I don't necessarily so, know he's ever going to get better at that. But, like, be, I mean, be it, nice. but if he can move around in the pocket and be more aware of the pocket, then it might not matter because he'll give himself yeah. more time. So, yeah. Or just get into the place. Okay, great. You, you have your three seconds and then run. You know what? Use, yeah. use, your, yeah. use your talent. Like, like a positive play. Yeah. Have a little bit more awareness and have a, a little bit more of a feel for the game as opposed to like, cause I understand he's probably overthinking right now because everybody's like, you know, we need you to stand in the pocket. So then he's like in the pocket and he's like, okay, okay. I got to wait for this play to develop. And then he's getting hit. And yeah, rather than just saying, well, shit, I've been in here for a while. Oh. Yeah. I need to yeah. get out of here. And yeah. What are, what are your uh, – we keep kind of talking about this here. Um, what are your thoughts on, like, an auction draft? When's the last time you've done one of those? Um, it's been a while. Um, they're interesting. Um, like, there's a lot more pre preparation, in my opinion. And I, I feel like uh, uh, I think it might be hard as a tandem to do it. Uh, I think when we're, like, in a – snake draft um you know you're you're with a distinct you know it's like who do you pick you know or do you yep. trade the pick it's not yep. how much do you bid for uh uh anthony richardson versus uh 
Purdy, you know, or, yeah. or when's Purdy going to get called versus Anthony Richardson. And um, so there's a lot more variables involved. There's a lot yeah. more like uh, budgeting. Yeah. And I think it might yeah, be keep track, keep track of what other people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's are. really labor intensive. Like when I've done them, I mean, I'm spent at the end of it. Like, I mean, there's like, because I'm so prepared, like my accounting degree finally, you know, uh-huh. kicks in with my, uh, all the spreadsheets and, um, points per dollar and all that kind of stuff that you're oh, calculating god. and oh my god it's, it's an illness. <laughs> but so we'd want to live stream it is what we're saying oh you yes know, like give yeah. the people what they want <laughs> yeah we'll do like one hour of live stream preparation every week or every night for people to watch oh my gosh It'd be fun if it was like a live like a quick live auction like a fast live auction i don't know if there's any of those out there like i would most of them that i've done are like yeah there's 10 hour clocks or whatever and every time there's a bid it yeah get reset yeah so the clock it's a real long draft and yeah um it it can be fun because people get so mad yeah it's a a test of patience too you get people that just get they get fed up and like, screw it. I can't, I'm just going to go, I'm going to come way over the top. And, okay. We'll yeah. I mean, in, in those, in those drafts, like just being patient, man, if you can sit back and just let shit happen for like the first four days without like bidding and just let people get like, just go crazy. Cause you always see like a team and they're like, well, shit, I only have like, I still need 23 players and I only have yep. $50 left. And it's like, they got to sit there for like two weeks before they can bid again because they bought three players and you know, everybody else is buying all these deals and you don't have any money to spend on them. So um, yeah, patience is I get, a huge thing in the, in those. I get caught um, being that person that tries to push higher and higher. And then every once in a while I get stuck with somebody I didn't really want. <laughs> I think everybody does that. <laughs> like you try to price and force. Yep. And then, yep. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. I've learned not to do that. I've learned to like, okay, I'll bump this up because I'm okay paying this. Right. If I get stuck. If somebody else gets a little bit of a deal, um, that's fine. But this is where I want to, what I want to pay. And if, even if I feel like if I want to pay bid 18 and that's what I feel comfortable bidding, but I feel the players were 23 and this guy's gonna get it for 19. Oh, well, you know, like, good for him, you know, like, but I didn't want to pay 20, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, price enforcing, like, especially when you're like, I think this guy's bid this much, I'm gonna like cost him a couple more dollars and then, yeah, yeah. You can get too cute and then you end up screwing yourself. Yeah, all of a sudden you've got Jonathan Taylor, Saquon and Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well it'll be interesting to see uh i already uh already uh told two leagues that i'm i'm done this year oh did you i did I okay did. um how many leagues one, were you in this year uh, 20 dynasty okay so uh cut 10 percent. nice and uh i think i'm gonna i'm gonna email i'm in a couple of the uh safe leagues um so I'm going to email the commissions there and just let them know what's happening with life and see if they're, uh, if they're cool with finding a way to let me 
back out of a couple, maybe this year and a couple next year, just kind of get a plan for extraction out of those that um, can really kind of consolidate to, yeah, some more leagues with people that I know and that I, I want to be, um, you know, stay in touch like with. Like in contact so, with, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes so, sense. But yeah, feels good. It was, you know, it's a little scary to push, send on the first couple of messages to the commissioners and let them know, but. Yeah. Safe like leagues. I cut, I pulled the bandaid, man. I, I was just like, I was in four <laughs> safe leagues and I just shot the email. I'm like, cut me out, man. I'm done. And, yeah. uh, it's easy. They get people leaving all the time, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's crazy. We're, we're coming up, uh, Christmas and geez, yeah, two weeks. 11 days. So yeah. like, not yeah, not even two weeks yet, and we'll be hitting the new year. And then uh, before we know it, people will be putting all their pre-draft content out, and uh, it'll be interesting. So uh, I don't know when when we'll get to do this again here. I'll certainly keep you updated as our transition finishes up. And uh, if I had to guess, it'll probably be you know maybe we do something after playoffs uh, wrap up for us here. The, the NFL regular season wraps up. And we kind of figure out where our teams landed and stuff. And then, sure. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out schedules. You know, Bill and I have talked a little bit uh, offline about, you know, what I think we're, we're both up for based on the time difference that we'll have and really kind of what we want to put out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a huge uh, film person, so I'm not watching a bunch of stuff uh, pre-draft. You know, I'll kind of follow along and see what I think. Um, but we'll we'll definitely try to keep some stuff going here. Uh, our our membership or our, our fee for Podbean. I just got the email that that renewed yesterday. Oh, so can you cancel so, it? I probably could, but if we want to do this again, we're gonna have to do something. So uh, maybe we can just leave it on YouTube. Yeah, we'll we'll talk through it and see what see what happens there. But um, the fact is. As an accountant, I think you understand that each time that we post on Podbean, it makes it cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the average uh, cost <laughs> per post. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we'll figure it out. But um, uh, yeah, so like, dude, safe, uh, safe travels. Uh, congratulations on the move uh, with your family. That's so exciting. Um, yeah, it's uh, been a good year. I've had a lot of fun doing this with you, and. Um, yeah, we'll just figure it out. Like, pay attention to the feeds. We'll uh, we'll pop on when we when we feel like it. Really, um, yeah. It's just kind of that's kind of what we last year we really didn't do anything in the off season. So um, I don't mind meeting up now and again to do it. And um, but maybe it's once a month. Maybe it's you know whatever whatever you and I can cross paths. You know, based on our lives. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it, and um, hopefully we can keep it going for a bit. And um, you know, we appreciate everybody that uh, has took their time out of their uh, day to listen to us uh, babble about fantasy football. Like, hey, this is fun just to talk about it. You know, so yeah, people fucking listen to us is crazy. So yeah, appreciate you yeah. guys. It's been awesome. And then yeah, I think if we end up, uh, if we end up getting into a startup somewhere we'll probably do an episode or two we'll we'll yeah, share we'll, some progress uh, and some thoughts there we'll so. definitely do a startup like let's yeah. be honest so yeah um, we'll find something yep so more to come uh but yeah we'll we'll post where we can and try to give 
a little bit of a heads up so it's not too last minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, likewise, just grateful for everyone that's kind of been on this this path with us for a bit and you know has been uh, asking questions, you know, sharing their thoughts, encouraging us, and just letting us be a part of your your weekly uh, you know weekly routine. So, yeah. Uh, for now, for 2023, I think we are out of here. Late.